Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Hi, and welcome back to The Coaching Show. I am Alex Terranova. If you're hearing my voice and you've been listening to this show, you know who I am. Uh, I'm usually the co-host. Christopher McAuliffe is not here today. We He was here last week, but... Um, I think this is like his slow maneuver to like have me take over this show. That's, that's my grand plan. <laughs> I don't know that that's his, I'm teasing. Um, I love co hosting this show with Christopher. So I miss him that he's not here. Uh, but usually when Christopher is here, uh, sorry, when Christopher is not here, he's actually at some big um, coaching conferences. He's, teaching coaches or leading coaches and how to be better or which is probably the coolest thing about him. And he might be, I don't know if he, how he'll feel about me saying this. He's like usually with his kids. Sometimes when he's not here, he's like taking them on trips. And it's something that I really admire about him is he has this podcast. He has a company, he has private coaching clients. He's married. He's got two kids and he always finds a way. Maybe his family would say otherwise if they were here, but I, my perception is he always finds a way to take vacations with his kids and spend time with them. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, my parents were pretty good about that. I didn't appreciate it necessarily at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, man, I was so lucky. So it's pretty cool. So I am totally in support of him, you know, not being here for all of those reasons. And I get to do this alone. It's like, you know, it's like the teacher left the classroom. It's like parents went out of town and you're in high school. I can do whatever I want. Maybe we should get a drink. I don't know. I'm teasing. Okay. So let, let me introduce our guest uh, so we can get to that and jump into this episode. If you want to know more about me uh, and you haven't listened to this show before, go to, um, you can find out more about this show. If you go to Accomplishment Media, you can look at the coaching show. You can find more about me there. Also, you can also go to the dreammason.com and you can find out all about me and who I coach and who I work with and my podcast, the dream Mason podcast and my book fictional authenticity. And also about the dating show that I've just created for myself. Um, because I'm not on the bachelor and I want to be. So I made up my own because that's what we do as coaches. We create what we want. We don't sit around and wait for it. So if you want to know more about that, you can reach out to me too. Uh, but I'm going to leave that there. All right. Let me talk about our guest today. Our guest today is David cash like cash money is exactly how he said it to me, which I love. Uh, <laughs> David is a leadership coach. Um, he's the founder of DK Leadership. He's an executive coach. He's a facilitator. He helps develop, he helps leaders develop courage and confidence so they can do the hard things that matter most. I love this idea of strengthening and increasing empathy, courage, resilience, and avoiding burnout. He has 10 years experience. He's worked with five, Fortune 500 companies. He has a master's and PhD in higher education organizational change from UCLA. So unfortunately, he's a Bruin and I'm a Trojan. So maybe we'll wrap this up right here. Um, and he's certified all over. He's certified as an ACC through the ICF. He's certified as a pro active coach. He's also a Dare to Lead certified facilitator, which is Brene Brown's um, course. And there's a whole bunch more. He is uh, clearly someone who takes this profession super seriously and makes sure he is, you know, trained. David, welcome to the coaching show. How are you, Alex? Alex, thank you. It's great to be here. Um, you know, it's funny you, you focus on the UCLA part, and yes, the UCLA <laughs> USC rivalry, and 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 you left the. I also went to LMU, uh, oh. and the LMU Lions have an undefeated football team. They haven't had a football team in hundred years, but it's undefeated. I so say, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty fierce. I think that's where the real competition is. It's flag football and um, <laughs> intramural sports. Yes, yes. Um, I love LMU. LMU, uh, I grew up in LA. So LMU is, I don't know a lot about the school, but it's like one of the best locations for a school. I mean, you, you know, you're right on the bluff. You're like looking out. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, one of my professors talked about it as like fairy tale land. Like you're on campus, there's this beautiful bluff. You can see the Pacific ocean uh, and you never sort of have to leave this bubble. 
you know, it's like Pepperdine is like that. Yeah. Yeah. If people yeah. don't know what we're talking about, if you go to basically, if you go to Los Angeles, you have your two major schools, right? UCLA and USC. So USC is downtown. It's kind of in the thick of like city life. And then UCLA is on like the West side of Los Angeles in Westwood, which is kind of like this little bubble between like Beverly Hills and Bel Air and Santa Monica. It's kind of, it kind of feels like really like ritzy and, and whatnot. It's not, the school isn't necessarily like that, but it feels like that. And, um, you said I grew up going to hang out at UCLA because it was the safe like college hangout. They used to have an arcade and a bowling alley and all this stuff when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. But then when we step out of the two major schools, you have Pepperdine, which is in Malibu, which is just literally sits on the Pacific Ocean, looking over um, PCH, and the backside is Malibu. And then you have Loyola Marymount, which is in I guess we we say it's like in Playa del Rey or in El Segundo. It's technically in Westchester. Westchester. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, which is a, like a little community basically South of like Santa Monica, Venice beach, but it sits like on this bluff. If you're headed like South in LA to like LAX, you drive past it and it, it just seems like, wait, there's a school here. This is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Alex, we're like so close to just doing a skit from the Californians where we oh talk my God. about what roads we took to get to, to each of these schools. <laughs> so for all of you who are not from California or uh, from LA, our apologies. Um, but yeah, but you were great places to be. Yeah. And if you've lived in, I lived in New York city also, which the version of the Californians from New York would be the subway lines. Like, no, you got to take the F to the seven, but there's always construction. And so then you're going to have to get off and you're going to have to take it a, you know, like a shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let, let's, let me ask you a little bit about coaching. Cause you've like, you went, you know, PhD masters in organizational change, but then you have all these certifications. When did were you a coach out of like higher education or did this come along after with other trainings? That's a great question. It came later. Um, although, you know, a hat tip to all the folks in higher ed, you do a ton of coaching uh, and there's so much opportunity. I think anyone who's getting a master's in, in higher ed should go get a certificate in coaching because, you know, you, you're going to use these skills. Uh, and I think that's really where I cut my teeth trying to help students navigate you know, what do I do with my life? What do I do with this class? How do I solve this problem? Um, but, but yeah, my, my ambition was to be a, a college professor and was on that path. And then, you know, very close to, to, I actually had a job offer, uh, when, uh, my wife, uh, and I found out she was pregnant. We had an offer on the other side of the country. It was one of those moments of, you know, okay, do I pursue this dream? And we're going to uproot no family, no friends, you know, just this one job in this, you know, town and on the other side of the country, or do we stay here? Do we stay connected to our network? And, and do I get creative and think of something else? Um, and it was that point that, you know, I, I obviously chose the latter and um, moved into educational consulting, you know, that transferable skill thing. How do I, how do I, uh, how do I, how do I make more of this? You know, how do I let this, and you know, it's a real coaching moment. How do I use this to have the life I really want? I want to, I think these are cool. Cause you do like, you just talked about consulting and coaching and we live in a time where there's like the lines are blurred. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, if you go through a, a training program, that's like an ICF uh, accredited, there's a lot of Hey, we need to talk about the differences. Right. And I notice yeah. I'm in the, out in the world and people think I'm something that I'm not. And I don't know what other people are. How do you, being someone who does both, how do you differentiate when you're with clients, when you're with new coaches? Hey, what's the difference between coaching and consulting? Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is ownership. You know, coaching is, is really meant to be that co-creative process. But at the end of the day, the client really owns it. They own the problem and they own the solution. And our job as coaches is to help them find their answer to this problem. Um, as a consultant, there's a whole range of how you consult, but one of the versions and the version I like is um, sort of almost the hybrid piece. Here's, here's some tools for you. Here's what I think is going to be helpful for you. Let me teach you about this. Uh, and, and usually that's the front end. That's the contracting. Here's what I think is going to help you. There's an agreement. And then I lead the here. I'm going to teach you how to do these things. I'm going to set you up to be successful doing this, but, but it's going to be a lot more of me imparting my knowledge, me directing you. Um, but you know, I think when those relationships are great, 
they really convert to almost the coaching at the end where you've handed it off to them. They're up and running. They get it. They can solve their own problems. And occasionally they come to you with a problem. You say, well, I, I don't, you know, a lot, how do you want to solve this? And it, and it is a nice sort of conversion, but yeah, I think the big distinction is who owns the problem and who owns the solution and, and how, how does that solution get executed? Yeah. I like that. There's, um, my dad, I was asking me this weekend, he was like, what qualifies you to tell people how to make more money? And he wasn't saying <laughs> it like, like with an attitude, he was like genuinely curious. My dad's in his eighties. And I was like, well, dad, almost everyone that works with me has a lot of money. And I don't mean that in a, like, you have to have a lot of money to work with me, yeah. but making money hasn't been their problem. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's so for me to tell them like you, and I think to that's what you just made me think of is like, we all know how to do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think we default right onto like, Oh, somebody needs to tell me how to do this. Yeah. Somebody, I, I made a joke. It's not a joke. It's real that like I, I've created a dating show out of thin air, but like I wanted to be on the bachelor. We were friends hanging out and I was like, let's make our own. And so in like a moment, we made a website, we created an application. There's a, a group of people choosing who's going to get to, to go on this trip with me. But if you had said, if we had paused and went, well, how do we do this? We would have needed like a consultant, right? Well, you need yeah. to do this and this. And we just went we're like, we know a lot of stuff. We own businesses. We've like all dated. Let's figure it out. And I think like that, I love that aspect that like, hey, we own the problem. There's going to be problems with our idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we own the solution, all the problems that we get to decide how we solve them. Yeah. Based on who we are and what we're committed to, I think. Yeah. One of the things that, that, that pops for me is this idea of, of growth mindset right? That we learn as we go. There's this iteration process. We don't have to know it all. We don't have to be perfect before we start, right? Mm -hmm. We, we have that idea, we go with it. And at some point we, we, Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to try something else. And no doubt, no doubt on this trip, are you going to be iterating left and right, but you'll figure it out. We're figuring out. Well, I mean, like we're figuring it out as we speak. And I think it's, it's, it's the, per, it's such a perfect, like, this is how life goes, right? Like whether we say, you know, you have clients and I have clients, they, we, they say they want to do things, right? They mm -hmm. say they want things. Yeah. And then what's the common thing you hear? People tell you what they want and then what happens? And then, and, and then it's why they can't. Yeah. yeah. So when you're working, what, what is your, when you're working with clients or companies, mm. What do you think has been the most effective way to get them out of the, Hey, this is what I want. And then they go to why they can't, how mm -hmm. are you getting them? Let's like, like leapfrog the over why I can't and how I, what there is to do or what there's to create. Yeah. I, I think honestly, it's just the circle back to, okay, you said you want this. What's, what's really important. Why do you really want this? And starting to even dig underneath that because there's some little, exposed uh, Brene uh, Brown talks about vulnerability. There's some moment of vulnerability attached to that, that if they can touch that, the barrier stuff actually starts to, to not be as big. Um, and, and, and it's that other piece. I don't know about you, but it's the unraveling the, the false beliefs, the, the not truth of the barriers. And sometimes that's even asking, is that true? <laughs> is that really going to stop you? What is the, you, I want to hear more about that moment of vulnerability. Yeah. Like what, is, what did you, I love Brene Brown. I think anyone who probably listens to this podcast knows who she is and is familiar with her. Um, and I, and I have some friends who have gone through the dare to lead and just rave about that program. Um, when you say the moment of vulnerability that comes up, we say more, what does that mm -hmm. mean to you? Mm -hmm. What did she teach you? Yeah. Her interest and focus her her one of her big arguments and and for those of you interested in, in her work you know the we can't have courage without vulnerability it's just table stakes for courage and we need courage to overcome those barriers and so that's part of it it's the helping people really show up with as who they are and really want they want and part of the work that I try and do with, with clients is, is help them move into that ownership, really own this thing that you want. Um, and, and another way you might hear me talk about it is make it your own, right? That, 
that you're going to find a, a solution and you're going to live a life that really is your own. And so you have to get real with yourself. You have to have that point of like, I want this because I think it's going to make me happy. Or I want this because I've always wanted more, more time with my family. Like Christopher, he's probably off with his family right now, which is fantastic. And realizing like, this is really the priority here. And I'm not going to let those barriers get in the way. And so it's, it's like we, we see ourselves in that moment. And then the other stuff just isn't so hard. Yeah, it's, it's such a, and it, at least for me, you know, six, seven years into coaching personal development, because I didn't do any of this prior to that. I can see how the, these conversations, not just through podcasting, but with my own coach, with my own coaches, with my clients, reading more and more books, continuing to do programs has like really rewired my brain and my neural synapses fire differently, right? And my neural pathways are, are I want to say carved out differently than they used to be in the sense of, we used to say, you know, I, or I used to say like, oh, I want something. And then it was like, ah, oh, how, how, all oh, these are all the problems. This is why you can't. And it's not to say that that doesn't exist at all, right? Like the bigger the thing, the more challenging it is. But now I want something. And if I actually get excited, if there's like a spark, it's like all of a sudden you're in action and you're running and you're like, I don't even know where I'm totally running to, but I'm running and things are happening. And then, and then obviously as it gets bigger, I think you need, I think what co we do as coaches, right? We help people kind of like, like herd the cats, like pull mm -hmm. it in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's a little more focused, mm -hmm. but I, I love the idea that I, I've only recently recognized this, that the way my brain is working is different than the way that it used to work because of coaching. I don't need my coach to sit there every day and ask me like these, the, to pull me back in. My brain is automatically going, okay, well, if you want that, what's the first thing to do? Yeah. And, and then other people say, other people will tell you why you shouldn't or what the risks are, right? Yeah. Um, and it's hilarious when you get outside of it. Yeah. When your friends tell you what the risks are and you're like, that's not really, and who cares? Like, you know, you drive a car, you're at risk all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. One of the things I, I, I found really helpful on that, I, I, I totally agree, by the way. And I don't know if you have this experience, but, you know, now, you know, I have, conversations with a coach, uh, with my own coach. And I start to say a thing. And before I finish saying it, I'm like, Nope, that's not true. That's not even a real thing. I don't know. Yeah. I just, that's just, I'm in my own head. I've made this up. It's not real. <laughs> Sometimes I get, I've gotten like embarrassed with my coach where I'm like, I'm telling you why I can't or excuses. And I know that they're nonsense. And I feel like I shouldn't even be wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And obviously my, I think a good coach would be like, no, this is the fact that you're saying it is part right. But mm -hmm. um, even in, even in therapy, I've been like, oh, I'm making no progress. And the therapist is like, the fact that we're having the conversation is the sign that you are making progress. Cause if you weren't making progress, we wouldn't, you wouldn't even be concerned that you're not making progress. Right. Right. Which yeah. is like, wait, what, what just happened? Did we just go in the matrix? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just brought up your coach. So I'm curious when you are picking a coach for yourself, mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever really talked about this on this show. Yeah. Um, how do you pick your own coach? Uh, that is such a good question. And it's, I don't have a brilliant answer. I think it's the same way our clients pick us. You know, there's that resonance. Um, uh, for me, it's that sort of timelessness. You had a conversation and you didn't even notice time pass. And you're like, yes, this person there's, I don't know what it is, but there's energy, there's heat. There's, you know, this person asked me great questions. I have new ideas, new thoughts. I feel a little bit different than I did before I started this conversation. Um, and gosh, maybe it's even a little bit like dating. Uh, you're going to say, you're, this sounds like how you met your wife probably. It's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, you're in that pool. And I always, my sort of litmus on dating was, do I see the end? And if I did, then I had to, I had to end the relationship. But if it was like, I don't, I have no idea where this goes. I'm like, yeah, then I'm, then I'm in this and I'm going to keep going until I either keep feeling like that, which to be honest, when I met my wife, it was pretty much just like the skies parted and, you know, there's a street stream of light. And I was like, I just felt so at home. Like this was the person I'm supposed to be with. Um, 
I will, I will offer, I have not felt that with a coach yet, but, but yeah, (laughs) maybe someday. It's, it's a really, yeah, it's, it's definitely, and there's, I think that there's that aspect of, I I totally agree with you, right? Like even when, when we were finding clients, like I I'll be on the phone, I'm like, man, the time just flew by. And sometimes when the time goes slow, I'm like, should I be working with this person? And I don't think that's a, you know, I'm, you don't, and I don't, I think it's like, just like a marriage, right? Like you wake up, you don't wake up every day next to your wife and go, God, I love her more than anything. And she's my favorite person. I bet that there's days where you're like, like, all right, <laughs> like, you know, whatever it is, maybe you had a fight, maybe, you know, there's stress in the, you know, money, kids, whatever. Um, every day is not, you know, the sky's parting and rainbows and you two just making out like teenagers. Um, and I think that that is a great example of coaching is not like that either. Even our favorite clients, sometimes we have sessions that feel like pulling teeth or feel hard, or I don't know about you. Sometimes I'm like, I'm terrible at this. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, or the opposite, right? You're like, man, that was great. I'm so good at this. And sometimes they reflect the opposite. You think you're terrible and they're like, best session ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely have those those sessions and those moments with my wife. And I think the answer for me is the same, to get curious, right? To like, okay, this session felt like a lot of work. Why is that? You know, was I bringing weird energy? Was I... You know, did we touch on something that the client's really uncomfortable about? And so we had a whole other conversation about not the thing, right? Did we not talk about the real topic? Um, and, and then I think it gets back a little bit to that courage and that, that vulnerability of even coming up and, and asking a client, hey, you know, our last session seemed a little rough. Are you getting what, you, did you get what you needed out of that? How do we make this session even better? That's one of my favorite things. I, one of my, probably all of my coaches that I've ever had have said, have, I've gotten to experience with them is like, well, let's recreate. Like, how is this going? How do you want it to go? Mm-hmm. You know, is there something I could bring that I'm not bringing? Is there a way I said to my last coach at one point, I was like, we're not having any fun. Mm. And he paused and he was kind of like, okay. Um, you've never brought up fun before. I didn't know you wanted to have fun. And I had that moment where I was like, man, if I owned all of this, right, it's not his job to make this fun. Now he can participate in that. We can do it together. But it was, it was kind of like, man, he's right. Like I've never said to him, I want our coaching sessions to be fun. So they may have been fun. Sometimes may not based on randomness, but there was no intentionality. Like him and I would get on the phone and it was like, let's get to work. And that's like not who I am. And that's not who I, how I operate. And I, miss that and but he doesn't know right like it's not his job to like read my mind just like a relationship <laughs> yeah yeah i mean imagine if if we were constantly contracting all in all our relationships right mm-hmm. we're we're always making that designed alignment yeah know? like yeah and recreating and rechoosing yeah i love yeah. that you said before if i see the end then like i basically know that it's done yeah I'm dating I, yeah. And I wonder if we could say that about most things, but it's, that's so true, right? Like once we see the end of something, we kind of subconsciously will navigate ourselves to the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I bet it's possible to like put, to get rid of that. If you were super committed to like, no, I don't want, I'm going to change my relationship to that thing. But you know, in jobs, if you see the end of your, the job relationship, I can totally see that. And I love the idea that like going, I don't know what's going to happen. That future is totally like open and possible and I can get to create it with this person, but I don't know where that's going to go either. Mm-hmm. Um, why do, let's talk about you and your practice. Why do people hire you? What, what makes, you know, why Dave, besides the fact that you're David cash and like, I would be like, you know, this guy's going to help me make money. Right. It has to be, it's the stars are aligned. Um, why do people hire you? I know I should have been a money coach instead of a leadership coach. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe in a future uh, iteration of my career, you know, the folks that find me, I think are, I mean, they're just fantastic folks. And, and, and I do mean truly most of them just need a little bit of that courage and confidence. And I, and I'm finding a lot of clients these days. And I think this is connected to the pandemic that are going through monumental shifts in their life. 
the that they feel like transformations and and they found themselves they've they're established leaders they're good they've had success they felt like they know how to do their their leadership role and and do a good job and then it's like the earth shifted from underneath them and they've they're off their game they're out of sync and they're just trying to make sense of where they are now um and so and so the the work we do is is we you know, it's funny your last name is Terra Nova. We we go and we try and find like where's solid ground for you. Um, and and for me, that comes back to so one of the things I try and work with clients around is this idea that you have to do the hard things that matter most. Um and it's 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 expectation setting, right? The things that we really care about that matter most, there's effort to get there. It's an effortful journey. And that that journey is part of what makes it. So fantastic. Um, and so I, I really try and bring my clients back to, to their sense of purpose. What are their values? What's their vision? What's their why? Um, because for me, when I get lost, you know, I can come back to my values and start asking, you know, if, if these are my guide, if this is my compass, how do I find my way out of feeling lost? And there's always, there's always an answer. There's always somewhere. There's a step to get us started. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. I want to ask you about the, the confidence piece because... I know for me, that comes up a ton. I have so many people show up, whether they be recurring clients or random clients, you know, one-offs that show up and say, I just want more confidence. Mm. And I don't know that this is the truth. It's something that I often say is like, you don't get to just have more confidence. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, when you, the reason you got confident riding a bike is because you rode a bike. You didn't get confident by reading a book about riding bikes or watching other people ride bikes, you literally had to do something and often fail at it. And then eventually you were like, oh, and now anyone can get And Once you learn it, you're confident. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's like, again, that's not the truth. That's my take, but I'm curious, like when you, people come to you and that's what they want, they realize like, I need confidence. Yeah. What's your, how do you get confidence? What's your stance on it? How do you help them get what they want? Yeah. Uh, I steal from my brilliant wife who uh she introduced me to this idea of of momentum years ago and so look for the momentum opportunities and what that looks like is what's the tiny just itty bitty win that they can get and what's the next win on top of that and you slowly start building some wins for them so they have momentum and winning builds that confidence right when learning to ride a bike it's if you focus on, you keep falling off instead of, well, that time I rode farther than I did before, you know, it's that mindset shift too. So it's let's, let's look, where's the winning in the situation? Where are you having some success? Great. Maybe there's some opportunity to learn. Let's, what can help you have more of that? 
But again, it's just the little creating a a, a ramp even of of that confidence because we don't we don't get to confidence where we flip a switch. If so, you're probably in that category of sociopath, psychopath. Uh, not my area of expertise, so I'm not going to diagnose. But I would be worried if like one day you're you've got nothing, and the next day you're like, all right, I'm ready to ready to climb Everest. Also, probably an opportunity for medication. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Where do you, I've noticed this, especially post COVID, like I've noticed this come up a lot um, with coaches, with clients they see online, um, the blending of like where therapy begins and where coaching ends. You know, yeah. I, I shared a few minutes ago, like I've coached and a therapist and I'm, I, t- I think I talked to both people about both things, but I kind of am like, Hey, emotions, feelings, stuff goes over there. I feel like the real personal stuff goes to my therapist Mm. and the, and the like goal stuff goes to my coach. Now it doesn't mean that there's not some, some blending, right? Like sometimes I'm like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. And I'm with my coach and we're talking about my feelings. Um, And sometimes I'm bringing that the opposite of that, like to my therapist, but I would say I don't have nothing about the conversations I'm having are diagnosable. Uh, there's not a, um, like a mental illness or an addiction or anything. So there it's a health. I'm, I want to say I'm having healthy conversations in both places, Yeah. but people in the world we live in, right. We throw around words like depression. We throw around words like every, you know, everybody's ex-husband or ex-wife is a narcissist. Yeah. Um, right. These are diagnosable terms and people are throwing them around as if they're like, you know, happy and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that someone who's sad needs to necessarily go see a therapist. Like that's mm-hmm. sad as human, angry as human. Mm-hmm. There's and it, there's some threshold, right, that we cross over that all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, therapy coaching isn't maybe appropriate. How do you play? How do you navigate that game, especially in this? I think we we're in like an interesting time. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, part of it is 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 in my training. You mentioned I'm lots of credentials. I have a friend that teases me that I I'm, you know, addicted to training, which could be like, I just, I love learning. I yeah, love- how many letters, if we, if we write David cash and then like how many let we would have to put, cause we'd actually have to say doctor and then we'd have to put MA I'm guessing. And then we'd have to put, there, a- there's, there's so many, I had someone describe <laughs> it recently as having uh, more degrees than the thermometer, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't counted and it's, and it's not, it's not where I reside, uh, sort of mentally or emotionally. Um, but this question about coaching versus therapy, I I think, you know, we are getting to a point in our broader society where emotion is more of a conversation. You Susan, Susan David's work on emotional agility, which is fantastic. You know, how do we navigate our emotions and how do we, um, sit with them and, and experience them and not avoid them? You know, because I think for for many of my clients, that can be the breakthrough. You know, it's not running away from feeling sad or mad. It's if I sit with this and look at it, oh, this isn't as big and scary as I thought it was. Um, also, part of part of my training with uh, the Coactive Training Institute. So I'm a coactive coach, and there's that notion that people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole, and that's really it, right? Like they don't have an illness that needs to be cured. They maybe have emotions that need to be experienced, um, you know, and, and I think if I had a client and so far, I really haven't had clients in that category where all they have is the emotion. They can't get out of that. And that's the only space. Then I think that's a good therapy referral because there's something else going on there. Um, but for the rest of us, I think I think of emotions a little bit like colds, right? We don't go to the hospital because we have a cold. We have a cold and we don't you know, look at someone like they've got something serious going on. It's this piece of, oh, you know, today I've got an emotional cold, right? I feel sad, right? I'm off. I'm just not quite in my normal, fully, fully alive, healthy, happy. That's my equilibrium. That's okay. A day or two, it'll pass. If there's a source for it, let's look at that. Let's start solving that. It's a a difficult relationship. You know, I think so many of (laughs) <laughs> the emotional uh, experiences I see coming up are about relationships. You know, there's some kind of conflict, there's some kind of misunderstanding, there's there's some unmet need, some unexpressed expectation. Let, this this is I love I love how you 
kind of like differentiated, like, Hey, there's emotion. There's things that are like need to be cured or healed. Right. Like, Hey, I don't, I've, I have a, a cough. I don't have to go get surgery. Yeah. And I think there's, it's, it's still like such a tough fine line because I think as coaches, right. We re, we are trained and relate to people as whole and complete. Mm-hmm. Even if you're depressed, you're whole and complete. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, if you're missing an arm, you're whole and complete. You are exactly the way you're supposed to be. And nothing's and nothing's actually wrong. Yeah. And if you don't like how you the experience of your wholeness and completeness, I think there's two different conversations, right? One is like, hey, how do we get you there? The other is there's like this experience that there's something wrong with my wholeness and like, and that's that like that curing of like I need to have almost like emotional surgery yeah. <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better. Yeah. Well, I want to throw it to you because because one of the things that I see come up a ton is that that piece of judgment, judgment of self, judgment of others that looks like that. That you know that I can't I can't be happy, I can't be complete because I don't have X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Or because this or that is wrong. You know, and and that's different than I think, you know, sort of a true mental health issue. And so, you know, as coaches, we should dive in, we should help them dissect like what's this judgment here? What's going on? Where is this coming from? What's, you know, how are you experiencing this? And how are you making this? How are you giving this life even? I, that's great. I love that. I mean, that's how I don't think I would be in, in therapy if it weren't for coaching. And if it weren't for the, and it's not that coaching said, go to therapy, I'm not at all, but it was that coaching provided awareness mm. about my life that had me go, wait, I want to look deeper at this. I want to use this for, I want to, you know, I want to understand myself better from a different perspective than forward, mm-hmm. right? Which is typically right. Coaching is typically forward. I want to understand myself from the present to the past mm-hmm. um, and things that are, I want to say like, at least my therapist is like a specialist in emotions and feelings and embodiment of things. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't know that I ever would have experienced that or gotten there without opening these doors through coaches asking me questions and and getting awareness of what could be that isn't um there's something i was going to ask you and i just lost it what what's the challenge that you as a coach as a consultant like what's the biggest challenge that you find that you face with your with clients not like in your personal business yeah yeah um I think it's that, that awareness piece and, and some self courage, the, the willingness to really just look at what's my situation. You know, what I, I talk with my <clears throat> clients a lot about accountability and the idea that we, we are taking account of a situation. It's not about blame. It's not about the causality piece. It's, it's what are the influences here? Um, and I, and I augment that a little bit with that, you know, the accountability without judgment, right? We are here. This has happened. How do we, how do we move forward from here? Um, but it's, it's really that taking an account. It's really the taking ownership. And, um, you know, the more a client can and will invest in, in really taking ownership of their situation, uh, so much so that, that, you know, <laughs> Uh, I had a serious car accident uh, years ago. Someone else hit me head on. You know, it was legitimately, I was, you know, just driving down the road and this guy hit me. But my opportunity there is to really take ownership of this accident has happened. I'm injured. And I was cranky. I was terrible. I, was, I, I feel bad for my, my wife and my daughter because I was just so unpleasant. And I didn't mean to be, but I was in so much pain. And I just like became this other self. But But part of my road back really was how do i how do i own this how do i get the treatment i need how do i get the coaching or the therapy i need how do i get myself right um and i think that once clients can step across that threshold the the rest is easy and first of all that's terrifying to be hit head on when you're just driving um i often think about i'm driving and i often think like all the things people are doing, how is this not happening? Like all around us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, when I'm walking on a sidewalk, I'm often like, how are cars not hitting pedestrians? Just like, and I know it happens, right? It actually, it's a thing, but how is it not a common with cell phones and radios and talking and distractions, people putting on makeup and eating, like 
And so that is insane. Um, how long ago was that? How, how impacted were, like how injured were you? Yeah. Um, it was about four and a half years ago. Um, I got some long-term nerve damage, uh, you know, but I, I think I had a, a point, a sort of a breaking point of, I, I decided that I could be the injured guy or I could be the guy who sometimes has pain and can't use my arm the way I used to, but I'm going to keep going. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and once I made that decision, my life got easier. And I think I was probably much more pleasant. Yeah. But it's easy. It's easy to get stuck in the, like, Oh, this happened to me. Yeah. It's, it's so, I have a, I have a friend who got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And at first that was the, like, why me? Mm-hmm. Um, and now it, it's, I think, I don't know that she would say this, but I believe that I look at her life now and her life is the most incredible life she's ever had. And she would say that, and she's more free and more happy and like living her best life. Yeah. And I don't think she'd be there. Like that thing caused an, like, because she chose to not make, be victimized by that thing and chose to go you know, what are all my possibilities for healing and how do I take care of myself better? All of a sudden opened up doors and doors and doors and doors instead of just like, well, I guess I'm stuck with this terrible thing and that I have to take medicine and I'm just going to suffer. Yeah. Right. It was like, no, there has to be other options. Yeah. Um, which is, a, uh, you know, I feel I, I, it's inspiring when you hear people like I've not, I've not been in that situation, but I always, I often wonder, and hope that I never have to make that choice. But I often wonder like, man, would I be able to like, mm. what you know, when you were put in these situations, we don't know, right? You didn't yeah. know who you would really be yeah. until it happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, for me, it was a simplifier. It, it was an opportunity just to say what really, what does really matter here? And where do I spend my energy, right? I can't do things the way I used to do it. That Okay. And that's like sort of step one, right? Like I do things in a new way and get excited about it. And here's the possibility and here's the opportunity. Not, I can't have this thing I used to have. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, so, you know, but I'm so fortunate to, to be able to coach and, you know, I live my life, uh, you know, in front of a computer, but I work from home and I, my family moved mid pandemic to the Seattle area. And it's just, you know, I couldn't be happier. And part of this is opportunities that actually came from the accident, right? Of, of being able to get clear of like, here's, here's the stuff we as a family want. And how do, how do I make that happen? The pandemic's a, a, I think a beautiful example of like, regardless of how you felt about things, regardless of how you felt about diseases and masks and all the things, all of us were faced with a similar challenge, right? So I don't think anybody liked having to wear masks or anybody like that we're dealing with the disease we all just de- dealt with it in different ways but ultimately we all had to deal with a thing mm-hmm. that none of us would have chosen um and it's funny i remind myself now right we're like we're still in a pandemic it's not over and yet it's different than it was a year ago um but i still remind like i'll remind myself i really enjoyed that i didn't feel like i had to go out like that I could have everything I needed, like right in my own space with the people that are really close to me around me. And just being outside was enough. Like I didn't have to go to fancy restaurants anymore and do all this. And I have to remind myself now, because sometimes that those old ways of being show up where it's like, Hey, it's a Friday night. You should be out. You're a single (laughs) guy. You should be out. You should be doing stuff. And then I'll go, but I don't want to, I don't want to be right. Like that's a conditioning. And the pandemic created some freedom where it was like, Hey, it wasn't a problem for a year. For a year, you yeah. were psyched that you didn't have to yeah. do this. Yeah. And that it it and also that it re I was just talking to somebody yesterday who I was like, hey, when did you learn how to surf? And they went during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. I went, you never knew how to surf. They went for basically a year to a year and a half. I went surfing like every day because it was like one of the only things I could do where there was no one around. Yeah. And they were like, and I just had time. So I just sat in the ocean on this board and figured it out which surfing is, we all know, like you, you could sit out there and not get a wave forever. So it's a sport that takes a long time to learn. Um, and I was like, that's so cool to think like, and now the person's like obsessed with surfing, right? Like maybe they never would have surfed, you know, and they could have been the person that sat at home and just went, this is the worst. I'm miserable. I'm going to watch everything on Netflix and be depressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I love that because I hear so much opening up and I, you know, none of us thought, none of us knew, right. But it, it would be so interesting to see like brain scans of your friend pre pandemic and now post pandemic with the surfing mm-hmm. in place. And like, do they look different? right? Does their brain function in a different way now? Because they're spending all this time outside and they're using their body more. And, you know, I've got to imagine that sitting on the ocean is so, can be so meditative, especially if you're stuck waiting for a wave. (laughs) I mean, I I think it has to, I can't say for sure, but like I got a dog during the pandemic. I never had my own dog before, which completely changed my life. Yeah. And, and not only do, do I have the dog, but like now I do things like we walk on the beach all the time. Yeah. So there's lots of these, these different things, but I, yeah, I want to, Hey, if somebody's out there listening to this and you want to scan my brain, I volunteer, we can, but I guess we don't know what it looked like before. So it doesn't, if somebody out there has had their brain scanned before <laughs> and now their situation changed, we, you should email Alex at the dreammason.com and we, we should look into that. Um, David, this time has like flown by with you. I want to check in, like, is there anything that you like, feel like you didn't say that you want to say that you want to share with coaches or, you know, leaders listening? Yeah. I just, just the, the tool that I want to offer up the tool that I I work with my clients on, which is sort of three big buckets, especially when we're looking at leadership. Um, and, and the buckets are purpose, courage, and connection. And so getting just crystal clear on those pieces of purpose, the values, the vision, the sense of why you've got to spend time there. You've got to make some clarity there. And then the courage to do it. You've got, you've got the purpose. Now you've got to go do it. So building those skill sets around courage. Now you said, you mentioned I was, I was trained in Brene Brown's work. Um, it's out there for you all find a, a dare to lead train facilitator or, you know, read the book and work the, the skill sets on your own, but courage is learnable. So you can teach courage. You can learn courage. Um, and then the connection it's leadership is relational. What are the connections I have with myself, with other people? How am I strengthening relationships? And typically when I work with a leader, there's one of those three that, that is the thing they need to, to shift on. And when they do, possibility just opens up everywhere around them. So they're great connectors, but they don't have that sense of purpose. And so when they get clear on that purpose, man, their leadership's on fire because they've got all these relationships now that they can do anything with. And they've got just a, just a such a deeply grounded sense of this is why I'm here. This is how our relationships can make the world a better place. Um, so uh, as you're working with leaders, if, if, if you're, you feel like you're sort of maybe stuck for a moment and like, oh, what's going to help? Or it doesn't feel as directed. I, I like that sort of as a general framework because it, you know, it's even an assessment. Where? Where are the opportunities? Is it purpose? Is it courage? Is it connection? And then dive in, get curious. And you, you actually have a name, which I like, which is like type two leaders. Yeah. Yeah. It's a borrowed metaphor. It's uh, the astronaut Scott Kelly talked about two types of fun. Uh, Someone was interviewing him. They asked if, if being an astronaut was fun. He said, well, it's type two fun. Type one fun is, you know, roller coasters, it's ice cream, it's stuff that's immediate and, and, you know, instant gratification type two, you got to put in the work. Hmm right? It's that long hike to the top of the mountain. When you get to the top, it's amazing. And it's enduring. You can go back in your mind. You can feel being on top of the mountain. You can smell the air. You can see where you are. And it's not, you didn't just get helicoptered in and dropped there. You put in the work to get there. And and so it's deeply meaningful. Same thing with leadership. It can be type one. It's flashy. It's fun. It's gone in an afternoon or you do the hard work for the things that matter most and, it, and it's enduring. Right. But it's, but, but for me, it's always values based. It's always coming back to, you know, what is, what is my truth? What is, what is so precious to me and how do I work hard for that? I love that. I love, I've never heard, I haven't heard either one of those, the fun or the leadership aspect. So thanks for sharing that. It's, it's, it's so resonates for me as yeah, there's and love is like that right? There's things that like, I doesn't take a lot of work for me to love my dog, Mm -hmm. but a relationship, right? It might be easy to fall in love, but to keep love going is like type two. It's like type two love, right? You're going to have to like do some things and they're going to have to do some things and it's going to not be autumn. I love that. David, uh, thanks for being here. Um, Thanks for having kind of a wide open conversation with me where we went all over the place from, you know, like Mulholland driving in Los (laughs) Angeles to, you know, 
talking about our clients to talking about ourselves to talking about emotions. Um, I want to let people know that where they can find more information about you if they go to D, the letter D and then the letter K leadership. Is it dot co or dot com? Dot co dot co. Okay. So dkleadership.co. Um, and if you want to, if they want to reach out to you, they can email you at dk at dkleadership.co. They can find you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also like offered anyone that reaches out and mentions this show can get 20% off new coaching engagements. So super generous of you. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks for having like a, a, f- a really fun conversation that flew by. This is, it. it was fantastic. Thanks for having me. I feel like we did a trial run on your dating podcast. Like we, we, we mixed a little bit in there. We, we played with some of that. I mean, Fun. you can go, you can go take a look at what I'm doing. Anyone listening, <laughs> if you want, it's, it's totally an experiment. We don't know. It's if you go to the dreammason.com slash the Tulum trip, it's there's a, there's like a webpage and people can apply and it's, but it's like, I mean, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just know that I've done a lot. I'm 39 years old. I've done a lot of things in the dating world. I've never been shy and none of it's worked. And to this point, it hasn't gotten me the results I wanted, right? It's gotten me results. (laughs) And so now it's like, let's try something different. Let's take the coaching mindset of go, Hey, it hasn't worked the way it's going. Let's try something different and see what happens. Yeah. But to your point, I want it to be fun, right? I'm looking for type one and type two fun. Yeah. 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 I I can hear in the future, there's going to be the like ominous, the Tulum trip, but it's going to be fantastic too. But there's just like all the layers that go into it. Yeah. And no matter what, you know, I was sitting around recently and I just went, man, life sometimes can be lived just for the stories you get to tell later. Mm -hmm. That's some of the best parts of life, right? Sitting with your best friends and your family, talking about telling stories about your life. And I went, I have good stories. I want more. Like, I want to keep creating stories that when I'm old, I get to tell my kids or my grandkids. And they're like, man, he he lived a life, right? Like he actually lived and he did things that other people may have been afraid to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. that. Well, it was great to be here. It was, yeah, so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for entertaining, you know, some of my stuff. Uh, Christopher, you are missed. All the coaches out there, everyone listening, thanks for being here and listening to The Coaching Show. And we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.